Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast. Here's your New York sports talk from a long suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. We're diving out of football this week. No football talk because obviously the offseason is still a ways away from even starting. We're diving some other sports starting this week. With We're diving into hockey for the first time since September. The NHL season quietly snuck in there while we were in the middle of the NFL, NHL playoffs. We're going to join our hockey guy, Pete Consadori. We're going to break down what we've seen so far from the locals. A little bit of national perspective. Make some cup picks. That's coming up in just a bit. Pete and I are also going to stick around. We're going to talk with Nick Freyetta. We're going to... Continue our rewatch of Clone Wars. We watched the movie last month. We're going to do our season one recap of Clone Wars. We watched all 22 episodes of season one. Took a deep dive into that. Zoom version of the podcast for that part will be up on YouTube. You can listen to that at the end of the show. But okay, I'll start with the opening tip. My thoughts on what's going on in the NHL so far. Right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. And here we go. All right, we are back. Opening tip time. Talking the NHL. And I'm usually a big hockey guy. I will admit that baseball and football are my two big sports. Hockey is right in there with college basketball, that next tier of like the ones I'm excited for. But this hockey season has been weird. Obviously, it was going to be weird to start with because of COVID. But usually, the way the calendar regularly works in sports is, obviously, you have your baseball season going from April through the summer. Football starts September. Then right towards the end of September, as the baseball's winding down, hockey regular season starts. This year, because of COVID, the regular season didn't end. The 2020 season did not end until October when the Lightning won the Cup. And... They took a while to figure out what they're going to do. They sort of slipped the start of this thing in the middle of January, middle of the NFL playoffs. And nobody's really paid attention because the NBA started up before that. They started on, around Christmas Day, which is usually when people start paying attention to the NBA. The NHL usually has a nice little head start on them. This year, they did not have that. The unusual structure of the year is also part of this, I think, too, because we have some new divisions. We have four separate divisions, partly because of the COVID, obviously, with the U.S.-Canada border still being closed for non-essential travel. So that would be problematic when you have seven teams based in Canada. You can't be having them hop over the border having to quarantine every time they play a trip, play a road trip. So we have three divisions of U.S.-based teams and the North Division, which I'm calling the We the North Division, not the Raptors, all seven teams in Canada. And the thing that also helps this is that they... NHLs try to limit the geographic impact of this by doing what MLB did last year and saying you're only playing teams within your division. So the Rangers are in the most stacked division of the group. They're playing seven other teams for the entire season. They are playing those seven teams eight times. And a lot of this schedule is sort of two-game series where you go on the road to Pittsburgh. You're in Pittsburgh for two straight games. 
The Flyers come into town. The Flyers are here for two straight games. And that makes sense geographically. It makes sense for the COVID. It makes it easier to reschedule, which is something the NBA is going to have a problem with because we had teams like the Wizards get shut down constantly because of COVID, and they got to make up a lot of games against teams on the other coast. But I think we've seen some fun things so far. The New York Rangers, my team, they have an exciting collection of young talent. You got Alexi Lafreniere. He scored his first goal in dramatic fashion, overtime winner in Buffalo. Capo Caco, his second year. Keandre Miller has come on the scene, been a star. He's gone to the first pair on, the, on defense with Jacob Truba. That's been nice. Igor Shesterkin had a rough start, but he's getting back on track. And they're going to try to play out in a stacked division. Along in that division with the Islanders. You know, big year for them last year. People may have forgotten because this is going on towards down the stretch of the baseball season. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were playing Tampa Bay Lightning with a chance to go for the Cup. They lost that series. Now, how do they respond? Right now, they're sitting in the middle of the pack in the stacked East Division. They have a chance to make the playoffs again. And, you know, we'll see what happens you get there. Obviously, this might be a bit of a, we're going to take one step back this year. It's an unusual season. We're going to take two steps forward next year. We'll see what happens with them. The Devils, right now, they've been the one team in the year that's hit hard by COVID. They've been shut down for a bit. They have been interesting so far. Jack Hughes taking a big leap forward in his second year. And all the people were like, oh, Jack Hughes stinks. He should not be first overall. There's something in the NHL, as friends of the podcast, Rick Carbonell has pointed out numerous times in the athletic, that for some reason, teams are afraid to send top prospects to the minors. I think it was a, as a punishment of sorts. A lot of these guys are 19 years old. Guys picked in the first, second round, like first overall, that range. Jack Hughes came back after a rough season after a long layoff too because Devils were not one of those teams invited to the bubble. They did not play after March 11th. They came back. He's been on fire at the start of the year. Eight points in nine games. A, a point, again, got a plus minus of two. Good job for a young player. We'll see. The East Division is absolutely stacked. Besides our three locals. We have the Boston Bruins, perennial cup contenders, first place right now. Philadelphia Flyers, surging at the end of last year, and got upset in the bubble. And if you think it's a regular year and they have fans, they might go to the cup. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins, trying to hang on for one last ride with the Malkin Crosby crew. You have the Capitals, Ovechkin's team, trying to make one more run for another cup. You got the Sabres in there. Yes, the Sabres stink. But you can make an argument that six teams in this division are capable of making it playoffs and winning a round. They're only going to get four in. This division is going to be a battle. The Central, probably the weakest division, but you have an intriguing storyline that the Lightning and the Dallas Stars, who played for the Cup last year, are in the same division at the play each other eight times this year. That's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. The North Division, the Weed North Division, which I call the All Canada Group. This is something the NHL is very excited about because they love the fact that they can put all the Canadian teams in one division and see what happens. It's going to be getting a Canadian team in the final four of the Stanley Cup playoffs. A team from Canada has not won the Cup since 1993. I'm sure the NHL would like that to change. We'll see if it does this year. There are a lot of storylines. Let's take a closer look at the locals because that's what you guys care about more. We'll do that with Pete Considori right after hearing from Alexis Raff, Alexi Raffaniere's first career goal, courtesy of MSG's Sam Rosen. 
Wolves in with Lafreniere. He scores his first NHL goal. Alexei Lafreniere wins it in overtime. What a goal. What a moment for the number one Rangers draft pick. All right, we are back here on the podcast talking hockey for the first time since September, believe it or not. That's how weird it is with the way the NHL sort of snuck their season in the middle of the NFL playoffs. But join me today, as always, always talk hockey in the podcast. Great Pete Consoles here. Pete, how are you? There was the NFL playoffs? Yeah. I must have, I must have missed that. Well, I mean. Anyway, no, it's great. it's great to be here, Mike. I mean, listen, anytime talking hockey with you, like I say, is always a great time. Um, that Super Bowl, though, that halftime, that's. Sucked. <laughs> I mean, you if you wanted to like watch old Ranger highlights at the Super Bowl, you probably would have made a better life choice. I, I mean, I don't know the halftime show. I, all my friends that like the weekends, like, oh, it was great. I'm like, I, I don't see the appeal. Yeah, the like thing, it didn't really get me going. It was like, okay. Yeah, the thing, the thing with the weekend is like I talked about this with Sandra Rosa last week, our, fr- our mutual friend on the podcast. We did the halftime show yeah. with you. We were like, visually, hey, he he, especially considering he had COVID restrictions. Good job, but audio mix oh, yeah. it was awful. It, it, audio mixing, but like also too, like every Super Bowl, right? And I understand COVID restrictions, but every Super Bowl you've had like other artists in the Super Bowl, not just one. Granted, yeah. there were like maybe one or two where like, like he wasn't on for as long as I thought he would be. And also too, like it was weird. This was like, I don't know, maybe Sam touched upon this and you touched upon it. Like, was this the first Super Bowl where the stage wasn't in the middle of the field? Yeah, we talked about that. I basically, we said that basically because of the COVID, they, they couldn't put in the middle of the field. They, he may use the Why couldn't they? I'm assuming it's just like a, a, a safety issue where they, like they, didn't, they needed more time to break it down, and they couldn't do that with the uh, middle that's of a good, That's a good theory. Because if you have less people available to break it down because of social distancing, you can't put it on the field. You're right. You're right. That's actually that's actually a good point. Yeah, so, so yeah, no, I, you know, again, I, I was more concerned about hockey than I was the uh, – the NFL playoffs, to be honest with you, as a Jet fan, we're always out of it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yep, um, that's true. But yeah, so so yeah, hockey's back, and we're doing this thing. We are, and I mean, we got a wildly different look here. Talk about the top of the show. When you saw that what we're doing here with the divisions and sort of the MLB-style geogra- geography-based divisions with division-only play, the four divisions have all Canada North, all that other stuff, what'd you think? I- I'm not opposed to it. I think it's fine. Um, I think you get like more of a Stanley Cup playoff feel in a way because you're facing the same exact team over and over and over again if you're in the geographical setting, you know, in that area. Um, I think it's going to be interesting when the four divisions come together for the playoffs, like what the parity would be, what kind of what kind of teams are making it this year that wouldn't make it in general in past years just because of the size, the sheer size of the divisions. But I'm not opposed to it. it. It's something. It's something. I'd rather have something than nothing when it comes to the NHL. Yeah, plus you know the NHL is thrilled because they guarantee you get a team from Canada in the Final Four. There you go. You're guaranteeing that. Um, I, saw, I saw a meme that Canada North, uh, the North uh, Division, is the highest scoring division because all the goalies suck. That sounds about right. It's Carey Price and six, six other dudes. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Look, I want to go back to a regular format. I hope this doesn't influence the rest of the seasons to come. Obviously, COVID influences it, so it depends on how COVID's doing by the 2021-22 the season. Um, be weary, though. Remember that this summer we're supposed to have our expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. 
Yep. So that's also going to throw some stuff into the mix. Um, so it's going to be a very busy year for hockey. It certainly will. And if they have Olympics heads of their own coming up next year in 2022 up in China, but we'll stick to this season for now. Let's talk about our Rangers because obviously right now we're recording on Friday night. They're playing in Boston, second game of that series up there. They, they're in the mix in the in the East Division, which is the most stacked in the league because you could have arguably six different teams could make the playoffs out of it. What do you think about all this youth we have on this team? Because, I mean, we got Keandre Miller on the first pair, Alexi Lafreniere's debut, Kako Kako's second year. There's so many young guys in this team, right, that's trying to play roles. Yeah, you're 100% right. Definitely a very young team. Oh, very hard division. Very hard division to be in as a youngster. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many memes and how many things I've seen online about Lafreniere is like underproducing or he's the biggest letdown right now. Like, yeah, he went first overall, but you have to understand he's not going and playing against a plethora of teams. He's going against literally the top division in the NHL. Um, if you're going to talk about volume wise and how, and, and the, um, the sheer numbers of how many good teams are in the division, the Eastern Conference and the Metropolitan Division have the best teams in the NHL right now in ensure volume. Obviously, you have teams like the Golden Knights, the St. Louis Blues. You know, you have the Toronto Maple Leafs that have been doing pretty well. You have you have other teams, but like this division has culminated pretty much every powerhouse in the NHL. So, how do you expect these young kids to perform? I think they've been doing pretty well. I think the emergence of Keandre Miller is huge for the team. Um, I don't think we can overlook Adam Fox either. Even though this is technically his sophomore year, we cannot overlook how good he is and how well and calm and composed he is on the blue line, the offensive and defensive zone. So um, young team, we need to give them a little time though. We can't jump down their throats right now and go, oh, we expect the best and we're going to win and blah, blah. We, we, we need to give them a little bit of time. Yeah, we definitely do. Plus they had some turmoil with the whole Tony D'Angelo situation. Now he's out of the, out of the locker room. Figured they'll bring the group together with a little bit. I feel like this group's going to get better. I obviously have a question on the third pair because Jack Johnson is stunk for the most part. Brandon Smith's been hurt. And you got to see if they're going to just ride Potato a little bit to get him eligible for the uh, expansion draft. Or they're just going to bring in Libor Hayek eventually. They're going to have questions to, to fill out in that area. I mean, I think they have plenty of defensemen that they can fill Smith and Johnson, no problem. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know why we have Johnson and Smith still rostered. Um, I'm not saying that they're bad players. Uh, Jack Johnson's a bad player. I'll say that. <laughs> um, Bre- Brendan, Brendan Smith is not a terrible player. You know, he's good at the penalty kill. He's a good special teams kind of player. But there's so many other options. And I understand that you want to have a veteran presence for the young guys, too. We can't just have Truba being the veteran defenseman out of all of these young kids, right? Um, D'Angelo was kind of that veteran presence, even though he's a younger guy. He's been in the league for a few years. Um, now that that situation has been handled and he's out of the locker room, I probably see them keeping Smith and Jack Johnson just for the mentorship aspect of it. Um, but Lieber Hayek is, is someone I was really high on last season before the pandemic and the season prior when he was coming up. I mean, I, I really like this play, um, and they haven't played him that much. Lindgren, another defenseman that doesn't come up, I feel like, in normal conversation. You usually hear Fox, Keandre Miller. Um, Lindgren is huge. I mean, he's been doing well. So I, I think that 
this young D core is going to be good in the future, just like our, our offensive core. But we also need to figure out goaltending. We're starting to we're starting to throw in. I'm sorry if I'm jumping around on the rundown a little bit, but we're starting to throw in this one-two goalie mix, and we need to just get these goalies the reps. Okay, if you're going to stick with Shesterkin, stick with Shesterkin. That's the end of it. If Gorgiev is going to be your backup, he's going to be backup. Don't start this one-two crap, and don't give these guys the reps they need to develop now. Then I think this is the perfect time, right? This is the perfect opportunity to develop guys. We're in a weird situation. We are playing the same really hard teams in the division. Let them get the reps now. I don't think any Ranger fan who is who is conscious of our talents right now are expecting a cup this year. So just give them the reps now. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, unless you're living in alternate reality somewhere, you're not expecting a cup this year. So I think your big thing with this year is, hey, like, Let's see the young kids progress. Like, let's see Shesterkin become the top goalkeeper here. Let's see. Right. Keep him in. Keep him in. Let him lose. Who cares? He's still young. Yes, he is older than Georgiev, by the way, by a couple months. But if he's your goalie of the future, why are you switching him in and out, in and out? Like, you're killing the kid's confidence, and you're also making him think, well, I'm obviously not good enough if they can't keep me in. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting with them also because I get why teams are trying to do this because it, with the uncertainty of, like, the co- anytime you, could, you're, you or your opponent can be shut down for COVID for a little bit, like, you don't want to have, like, a goalie going, like, oh, like, three weeks without starting a game. So I get why they want to keep them loose, but you got to find a little better balance of them, too. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between putting a goalie in once, you know, every six, seven games just to get him a rep just to make sure he's loose versus it's a game-time decision every single week of who's playing in that. It's yep. a one-two situation, an A-B situation, just like St. Louis did when they had Elliott and um, Allen. I mean, it's, it's the same situation. I wonder if they're overthinking the series approach. Like, sorry, I want to give a different, like, a different goalie each game of the series. I mean, it's a possibility. But, like, again, how is that good for development of players? Yeah, it's not very good. Like, if you're a player, if you're a player as a defenseman, right? Not even a goalie, as a defenseman, they say, oh, you're going to play this game, and the next game, you two games, you're going to sit, and then that game, you're going to play, and that you're not going to stay in the NHL around that team for very long. So why is it okay to apply that to a goaltender? Yeah, that's true. They do have some issues. We'll see what happens with them. Go to the Islanders for a minute, too, because the Islanders right now, like last year, most successful team in the, in the area, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost there. Fourth place in the East Division right now. They would make the playoffs in this in this weird format we have going on here. So based on what you've seen so far, what do you think about the Islanders? I think the Islanders are fine. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go far in this kind of format, again, because the East Division is so, so hard. Uh, you know, if if the Islanders are playing other teams that were like the Buffalo Sabres, you know, Chicago Blackhawks, you know, sometimes can be, you know, looked as not as the elite team they used to be. Detroit Red Wings, uh, Vancouver Canucks, if they were playing teams like that, they may have more points. They may be in second place right now. So I, I really, I can't, it's hard to sit here and say that the Islanders are in trouble. But I can also understand the fact that you have such a strong season the season prior to now being in fourth place steadily. So um, if I'm an Islander fan, I'm sitting tight. I'm saying, hey, it's it's just a a show of the times and what we're going through. I, I wouldn't be too worried on the Islanders right now. I, I think there's still be a force to reckon with. They're still one of the top teams in the in the Metropolitan Division. Um, but again, it's also going to depend on if the guys are going to follow Barry Trotz to war, right? I mean, Barry Trotz has been notorious for getting to the second round and kind of choking. He finally breaks that and wins the cup. Who knows? Maybe the year after he, he gets the cup and he has a little chip on his shoulder that the Capitals didn't want to resign him until they saw he got a cup. 
Maybe he says, you know what, I don't need you guys to do this. And he kind of maybe overcoached or really like got riled, the, you know, rallied the troops around. Here it's like, well, because of COVID and he can't really, you know, maybe, maybe he's just not putting the effort in. Who knows? Yeah, it's also, I think, as you said, it's like, this is one thing where, like, you know, they definitely had issues with the cap last offseason. They lost some talent. They had to trade Taze away to make cap space. And this feels like a year where maybe they're going to take, like, one step back, take two steps forward next year. That's sort of the way I feel with them. Yeah, like, if you're an Islanders fan, like, are you really worried about losing Taves? Yeah, yes, he's a good player. Like, you have so much coming up the pipeline. You have Oliver Wallstrom. Did we forget about Oliver Wallstrom? Like, he's a left wing that's going to be dominant. If he if he if he gets developed correctly, right? I mean, they I don't they have look they don't have the prospects that the Rangers do when it comes to the New York teams or the tri state area teams or even metropolitan teams. I think the Rangers have the strongest prospect pool. Um, maybe you can maybe argue in the NHL the strongest in numbers too a prospect pool because they went so young so hard, right? Um, but like you still have prospects as an Islander team. Where you lose a couple guys, that's okay. You have some pretty big names like Noah Dobson, Oliver Wallstrom coming up the pipeline. Yeah, I think if you're an Islanders fan, and I know this is me saying as a Ranger fan who has not been as invested as they are this year, I think just on an outside perspective, you get in the playoffs and you win a round. If you lose in the second round, I don't think it's a big deal this year considering how weird the format is. I think if you do that, you can say, okay, we sort of held our ground. And next year, we're back on the normal schedule and the new build, then we should be in better shape. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, this almost kind of touches upon last season when we were talking about the Stanley Cup final in general. That it just doesn't even feel like it's a Stanley Cup. Like, if my team won it, I wouldn't even consider it a Stanley Cup win. Yeah. Granted, it, it's the same kind of format, same number of games that need to be played. You still got to win those 16 games to get the Cup. So I'm not downplaying the Tampa Bay Lightning win. But just because the season was so weird, it's just like it doesn't even feel like it doesn't even feel like it's there, you know? Like, and, and this year's a shortened season, right? Yeah. The first game in a regular season, in a regular 82-season game, doesn't count as much as this does, where it's, what, a 56-game season? Yep. Uh, you know, if, you're, if you get hot at the right time, 50 games in, you may win the Cup, and there's, there's no, you know... There's no telling it, right? I mean, it's the same thing with the 82-game season, but at least with the 82-game season, you kind of know who the top guys are. Usually the top teams kind of go through unless there's a huge upset, right? Yeah. Like, unless there's, like, a Columbus Blue Jacket sweep, right, that happens in Tampa Bay. So, you know, it's, it's a very interesting time we're living in, as as everyone knows. And, and I, think, I think that if the Islanders lose or any team loses this season, we're almost in, you know, we're, we're mid-February right now. We have hockey. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy that we have hockey. If they don't win this year, that's okay. Yep. I think that's definitely the right attitude to have. And the Devils fans, you're enjoying hockey. Eventually, your team's going to get clear out of the COVID mess that you guys are in and be playing more consistently. But if I'm a Devils fan, I'm very happy with what I've seen out of Jack Hughes so far. Oh, Jack Hughes has definitely redeemed, quote-unquote, himself. I don't like saying redeemed because it's very hard to come in as a rookie especially at his size and produce the way that a number one overall has like expectations of, okay, not every one overall is going to be McDavid and I or, or Crosby. And I think that's the problem when it comes to draft classes. All right. Are we yelling at Rasmus Dahlin right now that he's not like this top D man? Like, I just, I feel like there's a lot more emphasis on forwards and it's because of scoring, obviously, but we're, and not every number one guy to go in a draft class 
is going to be McDavid or Crosby, who is literally NHL ready and is going to put up 300 points in their first four seasons. You know, like I, I had no, I had no worries about Jack Hughes as a as a hockey fan, as a Devils fan. I didn't want him to, excuse me, as a Rangers fan, I didn't want him to do well because he's a Devils. But um, as a hockey fan, like I, I wasn't worried. Like if you go first overall, there's obviously potential. There's obviously something you see there. Um, do you come across duds? Yeah, you do. Some people just can't play in the NHL like they did in the lower leagues, but. It, it's all about development, and you can see right now. I mean, we were talking before the podcast started. What is it? Nine nine games. He has eight points. Yep, and he's a plus two. I mean, how, what more can you want from what a nineteen year old? Yeah, sign him up. I, I mean, I, come on. I, I would take that any day. Yeah, I would too. And that's something that, like I want to see my guys in the future. But we have this crazy East Division here. We have three locals in it. The Islanders, we think, are going to get in there. Do you think we get just them? You think maybe the Rangers can sneak in too? The Rangers could sneak in, but we got we got to figure something out. I, I I feel like we're a very unorganized team right now, and I don't know if it's because of the whole D'Angelo incident, and I don't know if it's because you know maybe D'Angelo was disrupting a lot of things this whole season. Now that he's gone, they can get on track. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a goaltending issue. I don't know if it's a confidence issue. Um, you know, we did lose we did lose Philip Heedle, who was on a tear in the beginning of the season, and now he was just um, I believe today it was just announced that he's on the NHL COVID list as well now, on top of the injury that he had. Um, so it, it's a possibility that they can definitely sneak in. I mean, I, I don't. It, this is just coming from a purely objective hockey fan, not just a Ranger fan. I'm very realistic. I don't think the Rangers are winning a cup for another two years. Oh yeah, I got work. I just don't. There's, just, there's just so many. There's a lot of work to do. There's just so many good teams right now to just expect that they're going to win in the next two. Hell, it may, it may not even be for the next five years. But I, I know the future is hopeful, and I know we have the names, and we if we can put it through, then we have a good system going. I do have to say though, I think after this season, or let's say even next season, if you want to call this season a fluke. I think after next season, if we don't see improvements from our youngsters or or even the team, I think David Quinn's name might be on the chopping block. I don't dislike David Quinn. I don't think he's a bad coach. But I think he's had ample time to get his team at least organized and playing correctly. And it just doesn't seem like everyone's on the same page anymore. Yeah, that's certainly fair. We'll definitely have to watch that with Quinn in the next couple of years. And I think also we have these three other divisions here. We have the We the North division, which is all Canada. We have the Central Division where you have the two teams in the Cup last year playing in the same division with a bunch of other teams. You have the West. Which of the other three do you like the most? <sighs> you know, I don't know. I just I think because they put a lot of the Atlantic Division in the East. And I, I like the North only because I, I like seeing the Canadian, the, the Canadian teams play against each other. Um... I like the West because you have a lot of powerhouses out there too. The Central to me is very blah. I don't know. Even though you have the cup, you have the the cup finalists, cup champions, yeah. and the finalists there. Like I, like I'm not looking at highlights going. Oh, I want to see what's going in the Central. Like for some reason, like no bias here or not. Like I'm literally only seeing updates about the East players, the East teams. All the highlights I see is like all East stuff, and and granted, there's highlights you know by McDavid and Matthews and and Sezikis, I think it was uh, 
the other night did this like falling to his knees scored a goal that's the east but like i see all those kind of highlights but like i don't think i've seen any like minnesota wild highlights i don't think i've seen any san jose shark highlights i don't think i've seen any like, king highlights you know like these are all teams that were powerhouses in, in, in the last five years like this is recent stuff and they completely dropped off the face of the earth so the NHL has a great way of being a surprise league where teams can just get hot and win. I mean, that's what happened in the 2014 cup where the LA Kings were a wild card team, you know, I think swept that wild card and then just rode it all the way to the championship being the Rangers. So I could be surprised. The San Jose Sharks may win it this year. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's just, there's no other teams or divisions that are like exciting me as much as the East is. Yeah, I think on, in terms of it's on the Weed the North train, I do like that division. And I also think it would be hilarious to see how Toronto finds a way to choke this year. Yeah, well, they can't play Boston in the first round. So what's their, what's, their, what's going to be their excuse? Connor McDavid beats them. I, I, I always, yeah, I always <laughs> see like the memes, like at least this year the Toronto Maple Leafs won't lose against Boston in the first round, right? It just, it, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I personally think, is the team where, you know, you ever watch the movie Miracle? Yes. And 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 Herb Brooks is explaining how all star teams don't work. Yeah, that's Toronto. I think that's what's happening with Toronto. Yeah. You have all these huge names. You have the whole debacle of Willie Nylander, where he like wasn't there for half a season because he had contract disputes. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's like a makeshift all star team that is just not gonna. I don't know. I don't think they're going to make it far. I could be completely wrong. On paper, they should be winning every year. I mean, just based on the names alone. Marner, Matthews, Tavares. And then you have a plethora of other players that are that play really well behind them. So, yeah, I don't think Toronto wins. But I don't think it's because of the names on the paper. I just think because I don't think that format works. Yeah, especially the error of the salary cap. But let's make some picks here for the Stanley Cup final because obviously it's a little wacky. You know, we have one final. These are the four divisions. Like, who do you think wins the cup, and who do you think they're playing against in the final? What do you think here? <sighs> well, I think Vegas is hungry. I think Vegas has been hungry since that first year that they went. I don't know if they have what it takes, but I'm also kind of trying to base it upon the divisions too. I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay got in, in the final again. Maybe against, like, I don't know, maybe the Boston Bruins again. Like, I, I just, there's no other team that I can definitely say, like, okay, they're going. I mean, the, the, the Canes, you know, the Hurricanes definitely have momentum and they definitely have the talent, too. But I need to see, I need to see them get past that conference final round, you know, to see if they can get to the cup before I can. You know, I, I would say what I would like to see, I would like to see the Vegas Golden Knights win. I would like to see that. I don't think they're going to, but I would like to see the Vegas Golden Knights maybe go up against, you know, I don't know, like an Edmonton Oilers or even a Toronto. I mean, the NHL would love that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the NHL messed up big time when it came to these divisions because you could have had McDavid versus Crosby eight times this year. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have made really big primetime matchups and say, Hey, Hey kids, if you don't like hockey, this is why you should like hockey and see like these big time players go up against each other 
they kind of missed a big opportunity, especially with bubbles and stuff like that. They could have made it work. Um, but, but yeah, I like a Toronto Vegas would be, I think like if Toronto can like get their act together, I feel like that would be a good series. I think for me, I think I'm going with Vegas and the Flyers. That's my final pick. You know, you know, it's funny. I don't even think about the Flyers and they're really good. That's like the one East team I completely forget about. I don't know if it's because I'm a Ranger fan. I despise the Flyers or if, if it's just like one of those teams that fly under the radar, but they're really freaking good. Yeah, that's that's how I feel like this is like like I see a format where they get like. Maybe- yeah, I honestly mm-hmm. saying that now, I may have to take Toronto out of the mix and put the Flyers in there and agree with you. Actually, yeah. Although for old time's sake, I wouldn't mind if the, if the Blues got in there, had some fun. Love it. Must be weird to play that song when there's no fans in the building. And well, listen, things are starting to open up. I mean, uh, Cuomo just gave the okay to have uh, fans at the Ranger and Knicks game starting late February. Yeah, they're going to gouge the hell out of you for tickets for those. You know, I don't think people that don't have season tickets are going to be able to get in. I think they're going to offer it to the season ticket holders. First, yeah. That I, you know, it's only two thousand people, so they're going to get their season ticket holders to get those seats, no problem. And then they're probably not going to open up the actual the the regular consumer until they can have full capacity or even half capacity. You know, yeah. Um, you know, they have to have some sort of loyalty to the season ticket holders and season ticket package owners. So I feel like the only way you're going to be able to get to it is like a season ticket holder sells you their ticket on like a like a like a um Stop oh god resale kind of yeah kind of site or even Ticketmaster's resale but you're right it's going to be price gouging yeah. they're gonna be like oh you haven't been to a hockey game in a year it's already three hundred dollars a ticket to go see the rangers it's gonna be five hundred dollars now yeah i mean i, I like i watch it on tv like it's not at the end of the world yeah because i mean i heard i've listened to carton robert and wfan this week and evan evan's a net season ticket holder he's talking about how he spoke to his representative and he's like they're saying that the average like price, average ticket like tech price for he was being Heard about it, it was basically six fifty for like tickets. He only pays like seven dollars a game for. Yep. yep. Yeah. No. It, it. It. It's sad. I don't know if it's a if it's a it's a reflection on New York sports or if it's a reflection on just demand. But it's sad how much money it is to go see a hockey game. And when you go, not the the stadium's half empty down the lower bowl. Yeah. Like if I was if I was if I was Dolan, I would go look. I understand. I want to make as much money as I can. But if you just bring the tickets down a smidge and fill the place, you probably make more money than keeping them high and having half an empty stadium. Yeah, I'm aware. In the lower bowl where people can see there's fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not – I understand Stanley Cup playoffs, Stanley Cup final. I get it. You want top dollar for it. It's New York. It's MSG. Fine. But, like, Rangers versus the Red Wings on a Tuesday night, like, make the tickets 50 bucks. Like, who cares? Yeah. You're making a ton on concession anyway. Yeah, I hear Make you. the nosebleeds 50 bucks. Make the lower bowl, like, 150 max. Yeah, I definitely hear all that. And you'll fill the place. But I'm not a businessman. I'm just a podcast Hockey fan. Guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of the podcast, we're going to shift the gears in a minute because 
we talk, you and I and my, our friend Nick Frietta, a couple like couple of weeks back, we started a Clone Wars rewatch podcast. Last week, we actually talked, mm-hmm. we actually spoke on Zoom. We're going to release the video of that as this podcast drops. Uh, talk about Clone Wars Season 1. That's coming up. You'll hear the audio version of that in just a minute. But because there is some breaking news in the Star Wars universe we did not get to comment on, I wanted to do it here with you before we go to the video. So I'm going to throw the breaking news up here. That Gina Carano of Mandalorian, known for playing Cara Dune, got fired from the franchise for basically promoting anti-Semitic thoughts on on social media posts, basically saying something to the effect of like being being a Republican now is equivalent of being something like a Holocaust Holocaust victim or something like that. And I don't want to go into the exact specifics, but this is something where you know what, like you're Gina Carano, you're not worth that kind of trouble for a franchise like Star Wars. I mean, even if you are worth that kind of trouble, you don't want that. I mean, I think anything that has to do with any sort of anti-Semitism or racism needs to not be tolerated. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't care how I don't care how big of a name you are. I think that celebrities sometimes can hide behind their fame and just get a slap on the wrist, and I don't think that's correct. So, if if um, if someone says anything anti-Semitic or racist, I I, I think that. Um, I think that there has to be some sort of punishment and this punishment for her is that they can easily just cut the character. I mean, I mean, we were talking about this off the air Her character is somewhat important right now. It was more important season one. Yeah. But right now, man, it's like, it's easy where we just don't see her. Like we can just not see her for a season. Cause it's like, okay, what the kids, you know, like it, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't think it's, it's a character that you need to like worry, even worry about reworking. Granted, even if you had to rework it, you're in a situation where you you do need to rework it because I I just think comments like that don't you know anything that has to do with that kind of insane just just crap I just I I don't think it should be tolerated ever. No, it definitely shouldn't be, and I think we knew kind of that they were leaning this direction because back when they had the whole. Disney Star Wars reveal party in December where they talk about the prize they had. They announced Rangers New Republic and they did not tire of the project, which at the time, okay, that's where Carrie right. is going to be. She's going to be the spinoff star of this show. And right. they didn't announce her for it. Unlike Ahsoka, that was the uh, Severo Dawes is coming back and they announced some other things, but like they didn't tire to it because I had read online that they were going to, but then she had made some other controversial comments and they did not, they held off the announcement basically saying, okay, well, she cleaned up her act. She doesn't. She's gone. She didn't. She was gone. I think that's basically where we are. Yeah, I mean, even if she didn't clean, even if she did clean up her act, I think that's just really bad PR to have over your head. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm. I'm definitely not condoning anything. But if she cleans up her act, and I understand about second chances, like I'm not. Not just try. I'm not trying to say that people don't make mistakes. They do. But why would you even want that PR nightmare over your show when you have a really famous show that's doing very, very well? You know, it's not like a show that's flying under the radar where like ratings are not going to tank because of it. Yeah. Because the ratings are so low anyway. This this is a show that is a staple of one of the very first, in my opinion, important live action series that Disney plus put out. It's probably the first live action series they put out. And I could be completely wrong on that so don't quote me on that no you're right um, but it's definitely the first it's definitely the first live action star wars show um to my knowledge so why would you even if she apologized and she said she made a mistake 
why would you even want to keep that? Yeah, because this is not Pedro Pascal, where like if you t- take Pedro Pascal out of the debt, out of the Jenga tower, the whole thing collapses. You can pull Gina Carano out and still keep the show going. True, but even with, with even with Pascal, I mean, he's under a helmet all the time. You know, he just he's, he just doesn't have to take the helmet off ever again. Yeah, that is and you get someone that's close to his voice. I mean, I... yeah, that's also true. But I think that's enough on the Gina Carano thing. We're gonna take a quick break. And you'll see our faces on Zoom with Nick Friday. We're going to talk about the Clone Wars Season 1 right after our snazzy intro for the segment, right after this. A series of random battles on strange new worlds. An emerging bounty hunting threat. Three podcasters are called upon to break down Season 1 of the Clone Wars in today's episode of The Sky Guys. All right, we are back here. Sky Guys, as you just heard our names being introduction here. Talking Clone Wars Season 1 in the books. We watched all 22 episodes of the past month. Joining me today, first up, our Star Wars, one of our big Star Wars guys, Pete Constantine. Pete, how are you? Oh, you know, doing fantastic. Uh, we got through Season 1. I think that's an accomplishment in itself. I think we all can pat ourselves in the back that we got through that that train wreck for the first half of the season. It got better toward the end. We'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it did get a lot better towards the end. There are points in the middle there, especially their arcs I'll get to. I'm like, why are we, why am I watching this? Why am I putting myself through this? And once I got there, I'm like, okay, I see the potential here. Yeah. All right. Also with us again, the great Nick Frietta is here. Nick coming along for the ride. That's sort of the, I want to say of the trio here. I feel like he's Obi-Wan because he's seen all this before. So Nick, how are you? Doing great. I'm really excited to get further into the show. This is like a, intro kind of like a get to know the characters kind of get get to understand what this show is going to be about so there's not much going on and we're i think we're getting past that and we're finally getting into the good stuff yeah we are getting the good stuff and season number one is is in the books and we're gonna put the spoiler warning you know this is a show that the season aired in 2008 and 2009 so i'm gonna put it up there anyway in case any of you guys are going on your own rewatches you're a little behind us All right, you've been warned. If you do not want to get spoiled on the Clone Wars Season 1, probably a little bit of Season 2 because we'll tease that at the end. We'll get out, get out go watch the season, come back, and then listen to us have this conversation. But right now, I got to say, Season 1, Nick, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, the first couple episodes are really bad. They're, they're, <laughs> they're rough. It's like, it's like this is it's basically a continuation of the movie, and we talked about that before. We didn't like it. It's boring. It's It's just... We talked about the animation, the the acting, everything. It's, it's it continues with that, but as you get a little further into the show, you start getting into like what this show is going to be about. And not to say that it's bad, it's not great, but it's a little bit better. You get like you start learning a little bit about how the war is really at this point in the war. It's just trying to gain support from the different systems, and you have your your separatists and your republic going into let's say the same planet same system and they're just trying to get the support from that planet and it's just back and forth and like whose trust are you earning and stuff like that and that's what really what we're just that's all we've got in the first part of the season yeah i think that's a great point i think pete i feel like i feel like it's on the season up pretty much in broad strokes as this like okay here's random battle x Sometimes it's General Grievous the bad guy. Sometimes it's Saj Ventress. Sometimes it's random command droids. And then Jedi have to come in and save the day. I feel like that's pretty much every, about the thread of the entire season, except for the finale. Oh, 100%. I mean, I don't know if you guys are into board games. Uh, when I'm watching this, I feel like I'm playing Risk. I feel like it's just like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to attack over here. Let's see what happens. Oh, we're just going to attack over here, see what happens. 
and it and it it makes more sense obviously in the game of risk in, in this actual show but but that's that's the feel i got it was like okay we're we're just like nick was saying you, you have these two opposing forces trying to gain the support of of common areas right um i find it hysterical that uh in this huge universe they keep matching up like so much um obviously you need to do that to actually have a a a interesting season because if they're not matching up and it's just back and forth of them just gaining territories it's not that that fun but um yeah you pretty literally summed it up you're you're just seeing a bunch of random things happen but i believe that this is one of those seasons that's necessary as much as we probably don't like the first couple episodes and we and we're getting an introduction like nick was saying it's probably so necessary to understand this now so that when we get into the later seasons and nick can probably confirm this it it just makes it that much better it makes the buildup that much more realistic and and probably heightens it in a way yeah i i confirm 100 percent yeah, you, I, you need to get this out of the way so you understand. And I think that's something that this show does so well, even in episodes that aren't good. Like in the first and second episode, they're not good. But they give you an understanding of characters, especially from the prequel series. I, I can say this. I don't know if you guys feel the same. I'm going to pretend I hadn't seen season two to seven, and I've only seen season one at this point. I like Anakin Skywalker twice as much as a character as I did from the movies already. And it only goes uphill from there. And these Jedi, these Jedi masters that we see in the movie for like a split second, they're just sitting in the Jedi council. We know nothing about them. We're learning about them a little bit. We're learning about what kind of people they are. And that's really, now I don't want to I don't like this season overall, but if I had to pick what makes this season great, I think it's that. And we're starting to learn a little bit about these characters that in the movies were completely brushed over. Yeah, I think that's a good point. In terms of like seeing some of these Jedi pop up, we have, we have Kit Fisto pop up for episodes. Ayla Sakura gets an episode. I think, it works well when you sort of have them be on the mission with Anakin and Ahsoka, who we know from the movie and from the, and from the franchise. It's okay. But for me, episodes where we're kind of just getting them on their own, like, like the episode where Kit Fisto and his Padawan are tracking the Separatists, I feel like those are the rough ones because I'm like, I have personally have no investment to these characters yet, so I'm not getting emotionally invested in the, in the Padawan dying in episode 10, for instance. I think you got to look at it in the opposite state, though. I agree with you. You're not getting emotionally invested in that at all. Who cares about Kit Fisto? But when you see these episodes and you learn a little more about Kit Fisto, when you watch Revenge of the Sith and you see him die, it means a little bit more to you. A little bit. Because you learned a little bit about him. And when you start seeing him more and more and more in the show, when we do eventually, I, I recommend after we finish Clone Wars to go back and watch Revenge of the Sith, it's going to hit you that much harder. Yeah, and Pete, one thing I also think that was bothering me through the run of the season was like, Obviously, like the the problem is, is like the, with the clones themselves. I feel like they want they're trying so hard to give some of these guys personalities, but again, it's the problem baked in with the clones. It's like they all look the same. I get they can maybe give a different haircut, maybe one gets a tattoo or something like that, but it's hard for me to like sort of tell like, wait, who am I caring about? Like, who's Rex again? Who are these other guys? It's hard for me to sort of follow all these guys. Oh, it's it's very confusing. It's very hard to follow, but I I have to say they they do an excellent job. I think that it's not so much that they're trying to give them personalities. I feel like the characters themselves are trying to give themselves personalities. Like, Hey, I, yeah, I'm a clone, but I'm my, I'm my own person. This is how I act. I'm, I'm the tough guy. I'm the this. So it, it's very hard to, to actually follow it. Right. Because they're all clones. They're all pretty much wearing the same armor, unless they have a different rank and command. Um, but I, I, I kind of got the hint of the characters are trying their hardest to be different because they know they're clones. They understand that, 
you know, everyone's the same looking sounding. So I, I, I kind of got that vibe. It's not like smacked in your face. It's not like, Hey, this is what we're doing, but I kind of got that vibe that, that these characters want to be their own person. And I think it just, it shows the awkwardness a little bit too. Yeah. P- yeah. Nick, what do you think about the whole thing with the clones here? What do you think of them trying to give the personalities saying, okay, like I have this little thing that's a, you make me unique as a pair opposed to the other guys in my squad. And we think about that. I think the main reason they're doing it, I mean, yeah, I agree. That's I, it's hard to tell them apart because they look the same, you know, Rex and Cody and fives and like your big echo and like the big clones. But if you threw them all in the same, in the same frame, I can't tell them apart. I have no idea, but I think the reason they're doing this and like showing the clones this much is because they're trying to show that. And and in the second episode, Plo Klun, he's a Jedi master. He's, you know, weird looking face. I don't know how to explain it. If you, if you, if if you can call up a picture at this point in the pot, in the, uh, in the, in the live stream, he's got a bunch of tentacles. He he dies in Revenge of the Sith driving a, uh, or piloting a ship. So you'll know him when you see him, but he's with on a mission with clones and, and the clone says like, like, why do you care about us? We're meant to be expendable. And he says, not to me. And that's like a big line in the series. And like people say that's a huge line because it shows that the whole point, what you're saying, like why they're trying to give them personality, this and that, it's because they're trying to prove that the something in the movies failed. And that is that clones are far superior to droids because they have a mind of their own. They can think on their own and the droids can't do that. And they're trying to, the movies didn't do a good enough job of showing us that. They were all the same. There was no specific clone. The only clone in the movie that you actually, in any of the movies that you knew of at all, was um, Cody. Yeah. Because he. Um, it was Obi Wan's guy. Them, yeah, yeah. He tried. He tried to kill Obi Wan, and he's like, "Thank you for his lightsaber." That whole thing. So they're trying to show like these aren't just other droids that are actually people. They they're much better. They think individually, and that's why our public is, you 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 think, going to win the war. Yeah, and and want to touch real quick before we dive into more specifics. This the episode five. The rookies episode where it's just only the clones trying to hold off an attack here. I do think I watched it at first. I'm like, this is interesting. And then I'm like, I have a hard time. I'm not emotionally invested in these rookies and they all most of them end up dying in the episode. But Pete, what'd you think about episode five of the rookies? We had just the clone squadron trying to deal with something. You know, I actually thought it was a little refreshing, right? Every single episode, the Jedi come and save the day in, in some sort of way. Um, not to say that the clones don't have a bigger part in those episodes where the Jedi masters or the Jedi um, knights are in. It, it was a little refreshing to see that the clones can kind of take care of themselves a little bit. Granted, they did lose a lot, um, and there's only a couple people left at the end of that episode, spoiler alert. But the the whole point of that episode to me is to show, to almost kind of like piggyback on what Nick is saying, they're far superior than these droids, these these separate, even separatists kind of like, you know, figureheads a little bit, right? They're always thinking one step ahead. Um, and the figureheads are like, well, I, you know, we know them like a book. They they don't. I think the figureheads of the separatist movement also think that these clones are just expendable and they just follow orders and that's the end of it. So I, I think it it humanizes them a little bit more. And it kind of shows, too, that they can handle themselves. They don't need a Jedi Master every single time. Yeah, it definitely helps. But they can they can hold their own. Yeah, yeah. I think if, one other thing I also liked from the season in general, I think the humor with the droids was great. I just thought it was so fun how they made these droids like complete morons. They gave them per- some like weird personalities. They made it look like schmucks all the time. And Nick... I felt myself constantly laughing how stupid the the droids were throughout the season. I, the, I think the droids are some of the best, some of the best like humor there is in all of Star Wars. Not only in this show, but there's a little bit spoiler alert 
like a, there's like a, an episode or two, maybe a full arc in Rebels where there's still some droids from the war that are in, and they're they're just as funny there too. They're they're funny characters. Like if I remember correctly, they were a little funny in the movies. That they had like one or two lines, that like one or two like things that were funny. But like this is, you know, they're they were kind of side characters in the movies, and they're more involved in the story in this in this show. So we're gonna see a lot more of them. Yeah, P. I also love that the droids just like, especially some of them like get, get like sassy at some point, especially when like Grievous gives an order and they're like, we don't think he knows what he's doing, but we're going to have fun behind his back and they're getting themselves blown to bits anyway. The, the sarcasm that come out of these droids are hysterical. I, I you know think- there, there was, um, sorry to cut you off. There, no, was a, there was one instance I can remember when you said that with General Grievous that they said something very similar in the movies when they, in episode three, in the opening scene, when they caught um, Anakin and Obi-Wan and then they brought them to Grievous, the, the droid said, here are their lightsabers. And he didn't, he said like, that wasn't much of a rescue. And the droid goes, you're welcome. And like, that's kind of similar to like what you'd see in the show. Like, yeah, I just thought of that. That was in the movie as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's that sarcasm, right? I think it's, it's so funny. You think about these, these droids and robots not having emotions, but for some reason they are the most sarcastic things in this show. And even, you know, in the movie a little bit, just from that, that uh, scene that you pointed out, Nick. So I, I think, I think it's really funny. I think the droids are great. And I, I really hope that this continues throughout the season because I, I was chuckling the whole time. I mean, you know, Ahsoka may have like little jabs. Anakin may have little jabs that like get me like to smile maybe once. But the droids really are my comic relief in this in this show. And to be clear, when I say the movie, I mean episode three, not the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, or yeah, or episode one. Even that they weren't that they weren't yeah. that funny in one either. They were a little involved in they were a little more involved in one than they were in. But they were in all of them. If you think about it, like yeah. Yeah. if you remember in two. 3PO's head was on one of the droids and one yep. of the droids head was on 3PO and he's like my legs don't work like it's kind of funny you know yeah that's true and let's go into some specific episodes of the season special arc because like most of it was either self-contained or was like here's an episode and we continue in the next part then we had a three-part arc I think Nick I'll go to you first what was your favorite episode slash arc of the season my favorite episode was the last episode. I think we can all agree that one was like. I think when we when we when you finish that episode, we're kind of all sitting there. I, I I'm sure I can speak for you guys when I say this. You're kind of like, okay, I can see what some of the hype is about in the show. That's pretty cool. Like I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the first time you're introduced to Cad Bane, right? Yes, that's his first time he pops he's, up. He's he's a badass. He's really cool. He's a cool character. Like he's someone. A lot of these cartoon characters, you see them at first, and you're like, I don't know about this guy. Like. Like for like Java's uncle, that was you know we we talked about him before. <laughs> but when I saw Cad Bane, I'm like, this guy's cool. Yeah, like this guy's really cool. Like I, and that's that's in my favorite episode. But in terms of like, I don't want to say I, I I'm not gonna say a favorite arc. But I'm gonna say like my second favorite episode is when um, Padme and three PO and Jar Jar go to this planet to gain the the support from from them over the separatists and i like that because that's the first time you see an outsider's opinion on the war when he's kind of like well you know they offered me um they offered me food and resources to capture you so like you know what i'm saying it's not just about like it's not just about like good guys and bad guys it's like if you're this planet and they're like well they offered me food you're not going to say no and it just gives a whole different perspective into star wars where you can see like the common person instead of like following the high ups like Yoda and Anakin and the, all those people the whole time. You're following just a random guy. And he's like, I need food for my people. Yeah. And it brings it down to like a realistic level at some point. And I also think 
and I may get murdered for saying this, but I think Jar Jar Banks is funny now. I think he'd be great in the show. Jar Jar is a good episode. I mean, that was the episode where Jar Jar basically trying like, thinks they're trying to fool the uh, the battle droids, think he's a Jedi. It's actually that's actually a very funny episode. Yeah, and he's calling three P. What was it? Three so? Three so. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pete, what about you? What was your favorite episode arc of the year? So uh, I really like the arc, or you know, I like the last episode. I think, like Nick said, we can all agree that really kind of starts to make the season or make the show take off in this like, oh wow, this really like cool characters coming in has no problem going into the Senate and just, Hey, I'm going to take a hostage and you're going to give me what I want. And that's the end of it. Right. It's very, very cool character. I think my favorite arc or maybe change in like pace for the season is the episode. I can't remember the episode name and I apologize for the number uh, when they had a traitor, right? The clones had a traitor. Um, They were leaking information to the separatists and they knew every single move. Um, I really liked that because then it started to get like, oh, there's something going on within the clones. Like it's not just good versus evil. It's it's well, the evil has infiltrated the clones uh, and the good. So uh, you know, I I think that was my favorite change. To also piggyback on what Nick is saying, um, there was one episode. And it might be the same episode that you're talking about, Nick. And I apologize if I'm keep going back and forth. Where Padme goes and gets captured by someone she's calling Uncle. Right. Someone, I, I believe I believe that's the same one. Same episode. So that so that almost also shows like it doesn't even matter if there's that connection between the characters. They are so desperate for food or supplies or support that they will go against their own in a way. Granted, it turns around toward the end, but go against their own ally, their own family, quote unquote, to get what they need. Yeah, I looked up the episode P. Yep, the one you're talking about with the traders, episode sixteen, the hidden enemy. Where yes, they're to, yes. Yeah, that that one was fun. I think for me, my personal favorite is obviously I'm with you guys to make it three for three on the finale. Finale shows you like where this show can go. And like we've been sort of cruising about like a three or four mostly this that was like at seven or eight. You're like, oh okay, I can see why people love this so much. I think the Ryloth arc, the three episodes right before that, I think are very interesting because you had the Anakin Ahsoka episode beginning where Ahsoka makes a mistake, Anakin's teaching her, like, I trust you make the risk. Then we had the ground attack with Obi-Wan and the clones like meet the, tw- the Tweedleg child, and that was fun. And there was Mace Windu's attack on the Cabal. Like the three different phases of the one attack. I think that was a pretty cool way to highlight different characters in the in the show. Very. No, definitely. I agree. I definitely agree. And <clears throat> going um, back to the episode you were talking about at Ryloth, the character in that show, uh, in that episode, rather, uh, what's his name? Sandula is his last name, the general. I believe his first name is Cham, I believe. Cam, perhaps? Yep. Probably Cham, knowing Star Wars. He, he um, He's a very important character. I know he's only showed up once, but I want you guys to like keep an eye on him and remember his name. His daughter, her name is Hera. She's one of the main characters in Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, it is Cham Shendul. I did look it up. Yeah, so she, her, his daughter is one of the main characters in, in Rebels. Her name is uh, Hera Shendula. And if you actually listen closely, um, if you're ever watching Rogue One, at the end of Rogue One, towards the end, not the way end, they're at the Rebel base preparing for their attack on Scarif, and you hear in the background, General Sandula, General Sandula, and it's her. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting how they like bring that in because she's part of the Rebel. You'll, you'll see when we get there, but I think that's interesting because like he's a pretty big character, and they only showed him once so far, but we'll get a lot more of him. Yeah. Also, one episode of really Mace Windu, which I think was I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, I know like I thought this would be a show where you get more of him. He only really pops up like as a main presence in that second to last episode. I mean, he, he's on the view screen a couple of times, but like, you don't really see much of him other than that. 
I have to say, I agree with you, and I and I think I've said this before. I may have even said this before on this podcast, but Mace Windu is. Yeah, it looks like Nick froze for a second there on the Zoom stream. So, Pete, what do you think about Mace Windu? Yeah, Mace Windu, um, and I hope I'm not cutting him off because he might still be talking. He doesn't know if uh, he's frozen or not. But I, I think Mace Windu had the same kind of like capacity uh, as he did in the movies, right? He's just this this figurehead character that's talking a lot. You know of him. And then towards the end of the the prequels, that's when you see him like in action, right? Um, I could be wrong. Could have been action in other, in other, maybe in episode two as well. But I just, I feel like he's one of those characters that's like, Hey, don't underestimate me just because I'm calm and you just see me as a figurehead. Um, that doesn't mean that we, you know, I can't fight. And I think that's where we get that impression as well in the show. Yeah, I did miss seeing him a lot in this show, but like Mace Windu is, uh, I feel like to me, he's a big sort of character. Like I was hoping to get more of him. I know you're not going to get Samuel Jackson doing the voice on the Clone Wars. You can get a good sound. Like, I mean, we saw. Obi-Wan had his own sound alike that's turned out to be pretty well. I mean, that guy did a good job catching Obi-Wan does. I feel like I want to see more Mace Windu going forward. Uh, no, I agree. I think he should be in it much more uh, going forward. I think that we can benefit from seeing him a lot in the series. I think just like Nick was saying prior to, you know, this. Yeah, now we've lost Pete for a so moment. Yeah, so you cut out for a second. You want to just. Oh, cut out. No. All right. So uh, I was saying Mace Windu, just like Nick was saying uh, in before all the story arc talk um, we're learning a lot about different characters that we didn't really learn about in the episodes. And I think it would be great if Mace Windu was in there much more so we can learn more about him. Yeah. Nick, Nick you got, you got off. So we got to pick up your I point got, on Mace. Yeah. I got cut off, but I was saying that you're growing up. I always thought about Mace Windu and the purple lightsaber and how after Yoda, he was second in command. It was Yoda, then Mace. And then like Anakin and Obi-Wan and whatnot, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm thinking now, after watching these movies again and the show again, but especially the movies, he's barely in episode one. He's in like one scene in episode two. You don't see him at all until the final scene. And then he's in three, you know, just in pretty much only in that one scene where he fights with, with the, the emperor there. And I'm like, I grew up always thinking he was like this main character. He's, you barely get to know the guy. Yeah, you really do. You really barely get to know Mace Windu. And that's, I think it's like a shame. And I want to see more of him in the show. I really want to see a lot more of him in the show. Yeah, I think for sure. Let's let's move on from Mace. Let's go to the other director here. So this, I think we're going to have some meat in the bone here. There's the bad episodes of the season. Pete, what episode were you watching? You're sitting and you're sitting there, you know, putting on the Disney Plus. You're sitting there just going. What the hell's going on out here? Uh, I, it, to me, and this is the, I, I may get a little backlash from this. I didn't like the whole we need to get R2 storyline. <laughs> <laughs> like, and like, I, I, I need to get him. I, I forgot to, to delete his hard drive and stuff like that. I, I understood the importance of R2 and I understood the importance of the relationship between Anakin and R2. I can't tell if Anakin was lying about that data um, being saved on the unit to just have to go rescue him instead of just leaving a droid behind, um, you know, like he was probably supposed to. For some reason, like we didn't need it, I, I don't think. I mean, yes, it, it kind of showed like there was a separatist droid that was infiltrating a little bit, but like there was nothing else that came from it. So I was just kind of like after the fact, it was like, why, why did we need, why do we need that? And then also two episodes, two episodes. So just so just to add also to this, <laughs> it's not the episode; it's just the one part. 
Why in the last episode do they have to be saving Zero the Hut? <laughs> Why him? Why couldn't they introduce another character that's going to be a problem later on in the seasons? Why him? If he's the character that's going to be a problem later on in the seasons, I would be upset. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I may shut the thing off and say I'm not coming on the podcast anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, but that, that those were the only two that I was just like, ah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. You had a great episode there, and you had to save Zero the Hut. Yeah, I think we found audio of Pete's, of Pete's living room from when he was watching that scene. So let's just, let's listen to Pete's living room. Why? 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 <laughs> yep, yep, why? <laughs> that was me. Yep, my, my voice got a little higher in that, as you could hear, because I was upset. Yeah. yeah. The audio connections there was not – I get you. I'm with you in the R2 arc. It was one of my two episodes I did not like was for me. I also don't know if you felt this, Nick. Why do we need a traitor droid in R the R three unit? That made no sense to me, and he was just so incompetent. He's like he was just making it so obvious that if you thought traitor was an option, they're like, yeah, take the droid. He was taking 15, 20 minutes to open a door. The R two does in five seconds. Yeah, I'm not. I agree with everything you guys said. The good news is, I know for a fact, Zero was only in, I believe, five episodes total of the whole show. Perfect. We're twenty percent done with Zero. <laughs> yes. And um, I think to be honest, I think two of them are only like up, like in the background. Yeah. So he only so three really. So, but I'm with you on the the droid trader thing. It's just it's just, I don't know. It's just like at this point early in the show, really honestly until like season four, a little bit. No, three gets three starts picking up, but it's a childish cartoon. Yeah, and it's just like it's fun. You know what I mean? It's just like a fun like oh the droid's the traitor kind of thing. But I do like when they had the clone. Like kind of be like you were talking about earlier, Pete. That that clone yes. was like kind of a traitor because that's. I mean, we all know there's something in those clones that can be activated at any time, and and it gets activated in about two years from what we're up to now, and they pretty much wipe out the entire galaxy. We all know what I'm talking about. So it's it's just interesting to see how like some of the cl- the clones behave differently than the others, and you'll see when we get into the actuality of Order sixty six and the and the spoiler alert, the chip that's implanted in them for when that goes off, you know, that's very interesting stuff. Yeah. Nick, what was your least favorite arc of the season? Uh, my least favorite arc was probably the same as Pete said as the, the R2 one, but yeah, probably that R2 one in terms of arc, my least favorite episode, honestly, is probably the first episode or the second episode. Maybe like they're, they're pretty boring. It's, you mean it's the Yoda? Boring. You mean the Yoda episode or the one where they're trying to get more than the Levelins? Probably the Yoda episode. It's a pretty boring episode. It's just like a random battle, and we're still trying to like understand what the show, like, especially because if you've never seen any of the other episodes, you're just like, this is that's how they're trying to draw us in with the movie and then this. It's not that much better than the movie, like a little bit maybe. So it's like, I don't know, like it's not that much better than the movie, and you're showing me this now. It's almost like, uh, yeah, I don't know, what you know, where are you? When are you going to draw me in? Yeah, I think for me, I agree with you guys. The droid arc made no sense, but the one right after it, because that stretch of episodes was rough, the pirates. I could not stand the pirates. The pirates were annoying as hell. The fact that Dooku gets captured by that makes... I got bad news for you. Yeah, they're coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I already know where it's going. I don't know if you dislike the pirates or if you dislike the specific pirate, but Hondo is a huge character in the Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, the pirate arc made no sense. Like, how Dooku gets captured by these guys really is makes no sense at all. And they misplay their hands so badly in the second episode where they could have had, like, all of these things. And basically, they let 
they just let their egos get in the way of this. And I just couldn't stand the pirates arc. And just I mean, wanted the spice, bro. They just <laughs> wanted spices. Yeah. I mean, Hondo, the main pirate, appears in 10 Clone Wars episodes and eight Rebels episodes. Oh, dear Have God. Fun, Mike. Have fun. Now, I, 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 don't, I don't think like the other pirates are around and stuff, and it's not like a whole pirate-themed thing, but him individually, he's a pretty big character. He's actually at um, – I haven't been there since they opened it, but the, you know the Galaxy's Edge thing in, yeah. in Disney? He's there, too. I don't know where he is. I haven't been there, but he's in that, too. He's actually a pretty, he's a pretty beloved character. Yeah, well, hopefully he he gets better after this appearance. I was not a big fan of his first two shots on the show. <laughs> I could be wrong. I think he might be in uh, Smuggler's Run when you're that walking. Sounds in there. right. And I haven't been like, there, but it sounds right. And he's like up above you, and he's like salvaging parts and stuff like that. So I believe it's Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride in Galaxy. Yep, I just looked it up. Yep, that's where he is. Smuggler's Run. One for one on the Disney rides. Here we yeah. go. Yeah, so like I'm just hoping that you know I I get better vibes out of Hondo next the next couple times he appears, but like that was not a good introduction for me. I definitely agree that his minions are like the whole pirate thing around him, but him as a character, I I enjoy him individually. Yeah, more like his pirate his pirate buddies are morons. Yeah, I want to see like I'll I'll keep an eye on him when he come when he pops up again. So we'll see what what happens here. Let's go to some character level here. Who is your MVP of the season, Pete? Hmm. MVP of the season. You know, it's it's hard for me. Um, I, I I agree with Nick that I like Anakin Skywalker a lot better. Uh, it can I? It, it has to be a, a tie between Padme and Obi Wan. And and the reason why I say that is because Padme had such a large role, even though she probably wasn't in a lot of episodes. It's just I don't know. I feel like the really big episode she was in, she was involved. Right, so the 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 virus episode, the pandemic episode, which too soon, by the way, yeah. um, uh, all that stuff. I think she was like, like she was ready to sacrifice herself to like make sure that the whole plan was fine. Like stuff that Jedi masters are doing. Like it, to me, that was really impactful for me. But also, Obi Wan is just such he's such a Bass. amazing character. Yeah. It's just I, I can't like I don't know how I can stray away from him as well in the season. Yeah, like he's like cocky, but he also like no can back it up, which I love with Obi Wan. Right. Yeah, right. he's like cocky in a, in a humorous way almost, where he knows you being humorous. It's like on purpose. Yeah. yeah, it's like he knows like he's basically making fun of the bad guys. He goes along. It's like, yeah, like I know three steps ahead what your plan's gonna be. I know how I'm gonna counter it, but I'll play along just to make you look stupid. Nick, what about you? Who was your MVP? Was it still Anakin? So I, ha- I have two. Yeah, have two. So my first one does can't really count because of the situation and the circumstance. And, it, and, and it's, it's crazy to say, because he was in about 10 minutes, it's Cad Bane. I think he's that cool of a character. I think he is one of the coolest characters this show introduces in general. I think he's awesome. I don't think there's a negative thing you can possibly say about this guy. I would really wish he was in the live-action movies. I wish he was in uh, the movie for the Clone Wars. He's a great character. He's the definition of a badass. But I can't really say him, because he's only in let's say you know half an episode or a full episode so i I have to go with anakin i think they i already feel like i'm pretending i never saw season two to seven i'm ready to jump on board with anakin i'm ready to say i'm ready to say yeah he's the hero of the original trail or the prequel trilogy and i you know a lot of the story of star wars you know once it was complete you know i know they brought it back but when it was complete from one to six 
the story was Anakin. the rise and fall and tragedy of Anakin. Not so much what he did wrong, more as you should feel bad for him. I know he slaughtered a room of innocent children. It's hard to feel bad for that. And when you watch this show, you realize how when he's Darth Vader, he's suffering just as much as anyone that he killed. Yeah, so I'm gonna so we're gonna put right now, Pete. You had who was yours again? So I'm gonna keep track of these MVP points as we go along here. So who, uh, I went, I went Padme and Obi Wan. So Padme, one for Padme, one for Obi Wan. Nick, we're giving a half to Cad Bane and one to Anakin. Well, is he getting half and halves on Obi Wan and Padme, or is he getting full points there? He, he, no, he, do half because I got two. It should be half. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna so, so you're gonna do okay. So so I'll I'll give a half to Anakin, making the full give him a full point. I think he is an MVP worthy ca- like, character because like he's the one you see the most out of the season, and you understand like oh like he's not just a whiny child. He actually is a competent Jedi. He knows his stuff, and he can do things, and he comes with a great plan. So it's a good season for Anakin. I give my other half to Jar Jar, believe it or not, because Jar Jar is like <laughs> the character is so funny this season. Like I freaking knew it. Of course yeah, you want Jar Jar. He fits well on a cartoon. He, yeah, didn't he, fit well he fits on the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. He's actually effective in his appearances too. I mean, like the plot, like I know he's bumbling and stumbling around a couple of times, but he does get the job done. I mean, he does do a good job faking out the je- as a Jedi to save this. And then when the other Senator dies on the ice planet, he's like leading the charge. So like great job, Jar Jar. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. I, um, I completely agree, especially what you said with Anakin. Yeah, I think that's a good list here. So we're going to keep track of this as we go here. So Anakin's on the board leading here. Then we have a half-point tie for Padme, Obi-Wan, Cad Bane, and Jar Jar. Woo! Yeah, and, and another thing to add about Anakin is, you know, you're starting to see it a little bit, how you watch, let's say, the first movie, A New Hope, and you're watching Obi-Wan tell Luke about his father, and you're saying he was the best starfighter in the galaxy, he was a cunning warrior, he was a good friend, and then you watch the prequels, and you're like, really was he that good of a friend like when i'm watching this guy like he's whining the whole time and yelling at you and saying you're he's holding me back and throwing yeah. stuff in the other room like is he really that good of a friend but then you see the show and you're like oh, i can see that i can see why he says that about him yeah i feel it, better writing also i think here significantly better in the cartoon yeah. than he got in the movie can i yeah. can i jump in here really quickly with sure. something random nick i want to know if you if, if you see this too do we see a little bit of anakin and ahsoka like I feel like Ahsoka is kind of like the the Padawan that Anakin was to Obi Wan. Like you're holding me back. I know what I'm doing. Like oh, and then when responsibility hits, she's like, oh no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I don't know what to. I, I it might be an age thing when it comes to any Padawan, but she almost has that kind of same mentality of I can handle it. Like I know what I'm doing, even though she's just a Padawan, just like Anakin did. I, I see it. I don't know if it's supposed to be because Anakin was like that. She's like that. But I can tell you for sure. They make her like that on purpose because of how she grows. When you see her in later seasons, like first of all, they change her model, so she'll look a little bit different. Right. You know, in Rebels, she'll look a little bit different. Obviously, that's I don't know how many years down the road, seventeen. You know, and then you see her again in Mandalorian, you, and basically you see her become a. How old do you think she is? Fourteen. Yeah, this point, yeah. I think I guess, yeah. yeah. See her from a. I'm sure I can look up the exact age, but she's a fourteen-year-old girl like a whiny, immature girl to becoming, let's say, if I'm just quick math, like 40 or so yeah. in The Mandalorian to like a 40-year-old strong, like, you know, I don't want to say the cliche, but strong, independent woman. Yeah. And she is. She, she, they, it's, you, you're going to, these cartoons, as much as Rebels isn't really about Ahsoka, you kind of just like witness the growth of a character in front of your eyes. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's that's our MVPs. We'll go the other direction. We'll go with the LVPs. Nick, who was the worst character of the season? Um, zero. <laughs> For his so one zero, episode, if, if, if I see Zero's face, he wins yeah. the award. Yeah, I think I, I'm with Nick on that one 100 times. I really, honestly, though, there's no there's no other character that I had any problem with, except you know, is there any character that you guys felt like besides Zero? Like, I I know Phil, I know Mike, you you, you Hondo was was your enemy there, but I, I don't see any other character that I dislike in the show. Like, I all the Jedi, you know, Jar Jar, the droids. Right. I'm looking at I took it in terms of like a bit of an action takes so or like who is actively not like helping as much of the storyline. I docked the point off of Padme P. I know you're not gonna like that, but oh. like I mean is there an episode she shows up but she's not captured in? I, yeah, but nope. that, that but that's the whole point. <laughs> like, she's like Princess Peach. They have to get her captured yeah, so like, Mario can get her. Yeah, but like this is like but this is like if Peach was like, nah, I'm I'm willing to die for the planet. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I don't care if Bowser's going to... Yeah, let's do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but hey, you leave Padme alone. Yeah, but, like, that for me, that just loses points because, like, especially where we're trying to sell this narrative about, like, Padme's this great strategist and, like, she's a great leader. Like, every time she shows up, she's getting captured by somebody. We'll see if it continues. Yeah, we will have to see if it continues, but I'm putting Padme on the LVP board, and Zero is just, for me, it's too easy and out because, like, he's in there for about five seconds and, like, he's whiny. <laughs> You you want to tell me right now with a stray face that Padme is a worse character than Zero the Hut? No, I said she had a worse season than Zero the Hut. Uh, just just tell me the <laughs> tell me the truth. No, that's like Zero's on his own level of bad. First, the first time I had seen the Clone Wars movie, I you know I was in and out. I fell asleep a little bit, whatever. I didn't you know I had no idea Zero was a guy. <laughs> I had no idea. It doesn't sound like a guy. They, I don't understand. Like I don't. I don't see, I, I think it's, I, I don't know. It just seems like it was a woman to me. I, I just, I don't really understand what the, who relates to that character. Like who looks at, there is, there can't be. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody in the world, but there can't be somebody who has a similar podcast called like the sky woman or whatever it may be, or, you know, and they talk about this, who says, who was your MVP? And they say zero. There can't be, no. there can't be. No, he's an abomination of a character. And we'll wrap up some business here as we go along here. We'll also do season ranking. So right now, one of one. We've seen one on season. It's number one. Yeah, I'll put it above the movie. movie. I'll put it above the movie. Yeah. yeah, the movie is dead last right now. And we'll put season one number one. I have a feeling this is literally just going to go higher as you go. Yeah. I don't Maybe think so. like you might put like five above six. That's about it. It's probably going to go one, two, three, four five it'd be an easy ranking then for us yeah it probably is yes <laughs> we'll see though we'll see though and we're going at we're gonna be back in about a month we're gonna do a couple of weeks we'll do season two rise of the bounty hunters nick is somebody who's seen that we're looking forward to here looking forward to seeing a little bit of boba fett young boba fett yeah last last time we saw boba chronologically speaking he was holding the helmet of his dead father yeah right so uh he's i would say i would say i was boba fett now, no spoiler here. We all know. We all know because I'm sure, you know, even if you haven't seen the show, you guys know, you know, Darth Maul is not dead after episode one. I mean, he's in, he's, he's in Solo. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in he's Solo. Right. He's in you know, both the cartoon shows. We'll get to that. But his main thing, Darth Maul, is I hate Obi-Wan Kenobi because Obi-Wan killed him. Killed him, right? Yeah. So right. if you're Boba Fett, who do you hate? Mace Windu. Mace Windu. 
Boba Fett hates Mace Windu. And we're going to see a little bit of the banter between the two of them. So we're, so we're getting more Mace Windu this season. Yeah. All right. That yeah. makes me happy. We are. I, I be honest with you, though, I don't know how if we're getting I don't remember if you're getting more than one episode in that. But we're also I'm looking forward to we're going to get a little bit. And this is important because the whole reason we started this little uh, segment on the podcast was Mandalorian. We're getting a little bit of Mandalore next season. Oh, that's that's gonna be exciting. We're, we're not we're not getting Bo-Katan yet, but we're getting Mandalore in general. That's that's exciting, development, Pete. Uh, I'm I'm if it's just gonna be up from here, like I, I don't know how else I can contain my excitement. I, I just you know you better take that Padme stuff back next season. <laughs> well, we'll see if she stays in the bottom of the LVP rankings here. She's uh, she's one above zero. We should do a counter. We should do like you know how like John Wick has a counter on the bottom of the screen about how many people he like kills in the movie. Yeah. We should have a counter of how many times Padme gets captured in a season. Yeah, and just like the counter. How many? Goes. How many is it so far? Two or three? I think it's three at least. Three. Yeah, I'll, we'll we'll keep that we'll keep that as a yeah. I don't we'll keep the we'll, counter going. We'll, we'll have a running the, 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 the running tracker how many times Padme gets captured. <laughs> and we'll do that track. We'll also track how many times zero appears and how many appears we are out of him. Oh, yeah, we'll do a zero track. We'll do a Hondo tracker. It's no annoying me. We'll do a, do a Hondo for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll keep all those things will be in the databases. I'll put them in the show notes. So that's a wrap on season one of Clone Wars. A lot of fun, guys. Thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before we wrap up, there was some news announced today, the day we're recording this, which is on February 4th, that the successor to this show, The Bad Batch, is going to be premiering this spring. Wow. Oh, wow. So Quick. Um, we won't be able to finish this before you can watch that. But if you want to maybe after we're finished, go and review some of that. I'm always in. Yeah, so that's something we can keep an eye on. Maybe some bonus coverage down the line. Yeah. Yeah, because that might be one. I feel like if, if Disney Plus keeps going on the weekly track here, maybe, you know, after the season's over, like, we'll I will say, you know, we watched all the episodes. Here we are. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching them all. Yeah, because I know the Bad Batch. I know this, the episode, I think, doesn't drive until season seven of Clone Wars. Am I correct? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's an arc. It's the first arc of season seven. I believe it's a four-episode arc. Yeah, so maybe after we finish season seven, we'll talk, we'll we'll quickly dive into the bad batch because that'll be when we're fresh yeah. in our minds. We can skip, we can do that, and then head into rebels after that. Yeah, that's yeah. Plus, we're also talking off the air. Maybe some point here, do some season some movie rankings. I feel like this could be a fun debate between the three of us. I feel like we have some different opinions for the at least you know, the, middle I, of the list. I, have, I you know we can we can get into the debate a little bit later, but. I have my list in front of me already. I can just share it real quick. Why don't we say that for the future? We'll do a, sure. Yes. We'll do a full episode. We'll do a we full bit on that. Suspense, Nick. We want the suspense. Yeah, that's what I'm sure you don't want it. See it so you can think about it so you can create some counter arguments. No, we'll te- we'll save that. We'll keep us in suspense. We're pretty good have- on the fly, I think. I think we're pretty good on the fly off the cuff here. I have I have a vision for that. So we'll so you have your list, we'll put ours together. I'll be something else in the future. Before I let you guys go, I'll follow follow you on social media on some of the stuff you're up to. Pete, you first. Yeah, so uh, Twitter at PJConsidori29. Just a bunch of hockey stuff, Star Wars stuff. You know where to find me there. Yeah, and once again, Nick, not a big Twitter guy, but leave your handles in the comments here. Leave it on the YouTube video. He'll follow you if you want to be kept. If you want to keep up what's going on, right, Nick? My my Twitter is NickFry underscore nine, but don't follow it. It'll follow you. Yeah, so NickFry9 will be following you if you want hit. You want the extra follow. All right, guys. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. All right. And that will do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Pete Considori. 
hopping on to talk about the NHL and stick around for our Clone Wars panel with Nick Friday. We did season one, season two coming next month. So if you want to come along for the ride with us, feel free to watch, catch up, get through season two, listen to the podcast. We'll give you advanced warning when that's coming. If you want more stuff like this podcast, including my look at the Australian Open, some storylines you need to track down under. Remember that Grand Slam got pushed back a, a month because of COVID. They are playing right now in the, with Australia in the middle of lockdown, but they are going to try and get this done. Check out the blog over justendthesuffering.wordpress.com. Go subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering on all your favorite podcasts. You can find all the old episodes there. You can leave your feedback and star ratings as well. They're very important. They help make the podcast even better going forward. You can also follow my YouTube channel, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Check out the Zoom version of the podcast this week with the Clone Wars segment. That was a lot of fun. You can also subscribe to that for any individual conversations from the podcast. So the individual conversation between me and P about the hockey, that's going to be up there as well. Mike Phillips on YouTube if you want that. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-3-3-1. And coming up next week on the podcast, we're going to go to baseball. Spring training is underway. We're going to get to baseball beat and more. Until I hope you have a better week than the Canucks fans. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.